0: Because he would see me from across the room and just start screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you there? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It was weird. Okay, sorry. Um, Continuing our conversation. Hello, welcome to Poor People.
1: This is me.
0: And this is Jackie.
1: And today we are going to talk about money. Money.
0: Money. It's always so depressing. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Just a quick disclaimer. Again, like we've always said before, we're not experts. To Just take this as story time. We're not giving you guys (laughs) financial advice. Don't sue us, please. Don't sue us. Entertainment purposes only.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's just jump right into it. So, our topic is money. What is money and why is it important?
0: (laughs) Well... I suppose the idea that I'm sure all of us have heard at some point is money makes the world go round. It allows us to pay the bills and basic essentials and whatnot because we need a place to stay and utilities and all that stuff.
1: So besides basic essentials, what else is
0: money useful for? That's a good question. (laughs) What I mean, is it's just, money? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose it's, it's good for luxuries and, and things that can help improve your life in one way or another. I, I guess huh. it's dependent on the person.
1: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, whether it's improving yourself, how you live, how you treat other people. I don't know. Maybe you're taking care of your parents and you want to make sure they have nice sheets to sleep on or a roof. Uh, that's definitely true. It can make life easier. But it's not necessary to have these luxuries. I think this is why the concept of minimalism is a thing. People try to extract away all the stuff and cruft they don't need physically and I guess mentally. People do like friend purges and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Remove social media.
0: (laughs) I feel like the concept of money and how we view money is very much a cultural thing, right? When you mentioned minimalism, that's kind of a I feel like a Japanese cultural thing, and, and to some extent, certain Asian other Asian countries have that same thought as well. It's it's very much based in I don't know if Marie Kondo's Buddhist or she's um, uh, Shin, that, was it Shinto? Yeah, I think that is a type of Buddhism. Oh, but don't quote me on that. I don't know. <laughs> Japanese religions very well. But um but yeah, so I think it's very cultural to some extent because in the US to some extent we're a very consumer driven society, whereas in Japan it's very much their society is more geared towards minimalism. So depending on where you grew up and how you grew up and how much money your family had, I suppose money meant different things to different people.
1: Yeah, I, I... I feel like the the concept of minimalism almost doesn't really apply or become important for people who are scraping by. Like they don't have the luxury of even worrying about removing crufts because they don't have things to remove. (laughs) I don't know how else to to say it. Yeah. So what was your relation with money when you were a kid?
0: Definitely minimalist. (laughs) just because we didn't have a lot of it, we didn't really have luxuries or anything. It was very much things that were needed to sustain ourselves, things like paying the bill and buying groceries. And every so often, we'd be able to do things like buy new clothes for school or buy slightly more fancy pencil, like mechanical pencils for school. But I mean, for for my family, it was very much money was used to purchase things that were necessary to allow us to live life in a very basic way. And any extras that we had oftentimes were saved towards something like the college education or purchasing a big item. But even that big item oftentimes was for something that was necessary, like potentially a new car that worked, that ran better, that didn't need as many repairs or whatnot.
1: How about you? i say that I lived pretty frugally, mainly because we didn't have the financial assets or means to get anything that wasn't a necessity. Mm -hmm. I don't think I purchased anything for myself if it wasn't shoes or clothing on my body or school supplies until Mm -hmm. I was maybe 15 or 16 when I got my first um, part-time job. And even then, that was just books. <laughs> it was books and art supplies. So it wasn't like decor or things that are nice to look at or candles. I didn't really have any makeup either when I was younger. It was. I think I needed to find time for keeping myself occupied in art and consuming cartoons, anime, and manga was <laughs> yeah. on my way out. Which I think it it helped, um, knowing it or not. Like these, the manga were references that I could use when I was drawing. And if you have a sketchbook with hundreds of pages in it, it, it lasts a while. And I was flexing my creativity,
0: you know. did <laughs> <Would> you say? <laughs> would you say that not having a lot of disposable income allowed you, or rather? Do you think that shaped your hobbies and kind of your personality? Because I I feel similarly like I was very much into manga and anime when I was in middle school. But I didn't didn't go into – I didn't like all those luxury items like makeup or, I don't know, purses and clothing. I wasn't very much into that. I don't know how much of that is personality and how much of that is actually shaped by the environment of not having a lot of money. Because I did similar things. I – I actually borrowed a lot of manga from the the public library because we had a lot of it at San Jose Public Library. Nice. But there was that, and a lot of the things I enjoyed doing was cooking because I, I learned this from my mother. I hate admitting it as an adult, I suppose. <laughs> but the way that she showed love was to make the best food ever with, you know, really cheap cuts of meat. And it, it, I'm sure a lot of... Uh, Southeast Asian countries or just Asian countries in general, you use cheap cuts of meat and just inexpensive items to make this delicious, really complex tasting meal, right? And that's yeah. how she showed that she loved us, was she'd made the most amazing food. And when I was growing up, I started to learn that, to learn how to pick specific things that were inexpensive, things were on sale, and just to make food. And that is still my hobby, is to make food pe- for people That I care about um, make their favorite dishes and essentially recreate things that I've seen on Food Network or seen things on TV about faraway lands that I don't have money to visit. Just recreating the foods that I wish I could eat if I were able to travel to an area. I mean, obviously now I have the funds to travel, not during Corona, obviously, but when (laughs) things are normal, Um, I have the funds to do it now. But that's still one of my favorite hobbies is to recreate foods from different places from all over the world. So, how much how much do you think, I suppose, the lack of money influenced your hobbies, current or, I guess, when you were a kid? I don't know. Because, okay, so the, the things I did when I was a kid was,
1: I if I wasn't in school, I couldn't do extracurricular activities because my parents prohibited it. We talked about that in the first episode. So, that was out of the picture. So, I had my free time to play games or draw or read. Mm-hmm. um and i i don't know i don't think i can attribute that to me not having the funds to do things <laughs> i i feel like i just found something to do because my parents would let me do other things whether mm-hmm. or not it was related to money it it was due to like cultural sensitivities i guess like my mm-hmm. parents mostly didn't want us to go out because of fear of our security mm-hmm. Um, that and it costed money but I think the two are like pretty like tied on the top of the list right reasons why we can't go out and do certain things but I mean not everyone in my family does art so if you put it that way it's just what I found for myself Mm -hmm. as something to do with my time when I was at home so no I don't think that I could say the lack of money made me creative (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I, I can't say does make some people creative. i can't say now as an adult uh now that i have like a full-time job or i've had a full-time job i'm able to purchase a bunch of these really nice fine high quality materials and you know paper pens inks um, even tablets and like a pc or rig mm. or macbook hardware software anything i've played with a lot of things and i have a lot of things i, I i've been overwhelmed with the amount of things i have. And Mm. I'm so afraid to use some of these more expensive things that it just stops me from using them at all, which is really bad. And it took me so long to admit that that's what was happening to me. And that sucks. Yeah, yeah. So if you are an aspiring artist, (laughs) I highly (laughs) recommend you just, you know, appreciate the basics. A nice, you know, pencil. It could just be a regular, like, just dark 4B pencil and textured pencil or paper. Whatever. It doesn't matter. A sketchbook, pen, pencil. That's all you really need. And study references. That's the end of my TED Talk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So can you talk more about your relation with money as as learned from your parents? Like, what else did you learn aside from
1: no luxury? I would say the biggest thing, and... Also, the most worst thing I learned from them was saving money. Save money. Like, it's important to save money because when Mm -hmm. something bad happens, you need to be able to have this pool of money to lean on to get you out of tough situations, right? Mm -hmm. So I've always had a savings um, ever since I was 15 or 16. And Mm -hmm. I, I never really budgeted or calculated how much I would need back then. I would, like, once a month purchase, like, one book, though. The rest was untouched in my bank account. But since I've worked in the industry, I've still saved just a bunch of money by saved. I mean, like in my savings account, I've I've had a savings account and I've had a 401k and that's it, Mm -hmm. which is dumb because you need to have your money make money for you, (laughs) especially if you're younger. So I I think I understand what they say when you need to have a savings because Back then, like, we were living pretty tight, and if we missed rent or a bill or something, it was really bad. But, like, Mm -hmm. I don't live like that anymore on my own. Like, I'm I'm pretty financially independent from my parents. Like, I don't ask them for help, but I should be more intelligent about how I'm handling my money.
0: Right. I, I think that's something that's very common, I think, with children of immigrants, is we weren't necessarily taught before about the idea of investing. I've talked to a lot of friends before about (laughs) this exact topic, about saving money but not being taught to invest money. When I was a kid, my mom taught me how to put money into a CD to start saving for college, but that was the only thing I really was taught. She kind of talked a little bit about stocks, but she couldn't really explain that concept to me. Because she, I think she wasn't super sure. She generally had stocks from companies that she worked for, where they gave it to her. But you know, they're like twenty cents a share, so it's not like it's gonna make us a millionaire. Twenty cents or Twenty anything, cents. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I mean, they're kind of they've gone under at this point, so they. Oh yeah, know, I was joking. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like the, I feel like I was lucky because my mom often talked to people that that kind of taught her little things here and there about those things. But I I think a lot of my friends never were taught to invest money and they were taught to save but not necessarily save into a CD or even have now with as I'm older like I know even if I have money in a checking account, that checking account should be making money for me. It shouldn't just be sitting there. Thanks a lot, Bank of America um (laughs) but instead you know like yeah but you know like make make money have something with like a good um I don't remember what it stands for but APY like there are certain banks that will actually allow you to earn money for putting money into their checking account and that's what we should be teaching our kids but I'm pretty sure our parents like when they came to this country they didn't speak they're not a ton of taught english yeah you know? <laughs> they're
1: taught how to do yeah. basic living stuff like this is the grocery exactly. store this is a stop sign this is the card
0: you use when you you know need to x <laughs> go to the hospital yeah and and i i think the the thing that my mom did teach me was that don't open too many credit cards. Don't use credit cards to pay off other credit cards and to look at what percentage they're charging you in terms of interest. And the one thing that she taught me, I thought that was very valuable, is if you do use a credit card, don't spend more money than you have. Use that credit card to maybe make a big purchase. But when it comes time to the bill, you need to be able to immediately pay off that credit card. Because you don't want to... Yeah, it was like, just don't, don't let that interest build up because you're essentially giving them money that's essentially what the point of having a credit card is that's how credit card companies make money yeah so that was something she she taught me that my sister didn't learn very well but (laughs) but i kind of learned okay
1: the part that would have been nice for you know to know if when i was younger was credit cards can be useful and are extremely useful Mm -hmm. if you use them exactly how you said like pay them off don't you know incur Mm -hmm. charges the reason why they're useful is because you can Um, Use them to your credit. Yeah, you can get points for travel or cash rewards. They're super useful, especially if you're already going to be spending money to buy, you know, basic essentials or, you know, hey, I actually need a laptop because this broke down and I need it for my everyday work thing.
0: Yeah, I want to say... Rewards and stuff, they weren't as common potentially in the past. I think they've been they've become more common now. It's I think a very good marketing tactic that credit card companies have used. I don't know if it's always been around. I think I they've always been around.
1: Or if they've been around, especially the travel ones, they've they've gotten mm-hmm. a lot more competitive because a couple of uh, cards yeah. have gotten really popular and well known in the industry. And also I think mm-hmm. social media makes it very easy to find the better or in the best new deals. So banks are starting to get a little bit more competitive in that realm.
0: That makes sense. So
1: we talked about money, savings. Did you have
0: a job or another source of income, like allowance, when you were a kid? I did. So when I was prior to working age, my mom did give me like maybe 20 bucks a week for finishing my chores it's I feel like that's a very American thing um, which I thought was interesting because my mom when my mom raised us she very much I think tried to balance American culture with Vietnamese culture so we could learn to grow up in both cultures and not be too weird I guess in either culture I guess it worked out relatively well I suppose but yeah so we we'd get a lot like 20 bucks a a week to do all the things because that money usually ended up in a piggy bank, like an actual piggy bank with like <laughs> a pig, that she would help me deposit every two months or so to go into that CD that I told you about, um, and that money would be saved for college, and when it came down to college during my freshman year, she gave me that money to purchase books and pay for nice. rent and all these things, so... I mean, the piggy bank, occasionally I would buy something. Um, It's usually manga. (laughs) But, you know. Oh, no. Why are we um, so similar? (laughs) I know. We're just nerds. Um, But, yeah, so when I I became, I think it was 16, I tried to work earlier, but I was not hired, I think, either because I was too young or, I don't know. I remember writing an essay when I tried to apply for Ben and Jerry's and they didn't want to hire me, I think, because of that essay, probably. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I, I applied for a bunch of places when I was younger. I didn't start working until I was 16. My first job was to work in a store called The Yarn Place. It was owned by my friend's mom. So I know a lot about yarn. If you ever have questions about yarn, oh, <laughs> I know right. a lot about it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I worked for, I think, starting my junior year of high school, after school, juggled work and extracurriculars and all that stuff. Um, But, yeah, I worked. Essentially, from that moment on, I continued to keep working. Dang.
1: I didn't have allowance. My allowance was a roof and food. (laughs) But yeah, like I said earlier, I had a part-time job that I went to after work. It was just down the street at a medical family practice. Medical Mm -hmm. family practice. I was the filing clerk. So exciting. Oh, so exciting. (laughs) All those files. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's funny cause it's all, it's all paper and I don't know how long it, I don't know if they went digital yet, but that would make kind of obsolete. <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of hospitals are not, uh, converted or yeah. converting. I think it's really I'm... complicated.
0: Yeah. It's ridiculous. We'll, we'll talk about that another day. I have so <laughs> many feelings about that. <laughs> so like in terms
1: of general investment, was there anything else that your parents taught you about or that you know of?
0: Uh, no, something, okay, I'm going to mention this because I think it's very interesting. You know how in movies and such, or in in books or whatever, when a grandmother dies, they find out that they've stuffed money in the mattress or something, because I'm sure you've seen those news stories, right, where it's like, oh, so-and-so got rid of this mattress, but they didn't realize that (laughs) Granny had stuffed millions of dollars in there. Oh, so it sounds like a crazy story, but I think a lot of people actually have family, especially if, if you're from an immigrant family. I feel like that's a very common thing because they, you don't grow up trusting banks, especially from like – different. depending on what country you come from. If it's like a communist country where they can take your shit, you know, it, it's – the safest place is literally in your mattress where you know where it is or wherever it is. it doesn't have to be a mattress, but I feel like that's a that's a very common thing have you Have you had friends that have told you this stories?
1: I don't think I knew anyone that actually stored money in their mattress, but <laughs> like at least for the Hmong people, we always had i don't know if it's like i don't I wouldn't say heirloom, but we always had like bars of silver,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: they would be tucked in like. A bag or a suitcase or something inside the closet, so mm, there's value there, and and I think pretty much most, if if not all, like all mom people have that, uh, especially if they're if they came over here as refugees, like
0: they're the OG yeah. refugees have them. I I think Vietnamese people are similar. I I want to say that for Vietnamese people, it's bars of gold. I don't know if my mom ever had bars laying around the house but i do casually on like the kitchen (sighs) counter and casually (laughs) it's like it's like a paperweight you know um (laughs) i do know that she has in the past put actual cash money in in specific areas around the house like they would change the location would change every so often because she would tell me every so often like hey I've changed the location of our stash. Oh,
1: dang! <laughs> She's
0: preemptively
1: paranoid and smart. I think because I was going to say, since a lot of uh, Hmong families have these silver bars and it's usually in the closet or something, people would know where to steal it. So I have this not great story of when I was in high school. I was working, but back at home, my little sis- two, my youngest sister's. Is- and my younger brother and mom were home um and someone broke in like a group of guys broke in went straight to the bedroom stole the stuff and like basically had the kids at gunpoint and my my but anyways oh, wow. they knew exactly what they were where they were going and that's crazy yeah it's it's i'm like that sucks but <laughs> your mom's not crazy
0: <laughs> oh i know she <laughs> When I was a child, I thought she was very paranoid, but as I've grown older, it's like, yep, mom's right. (laughs) How about reflecting back?
1: You brought up your mom a lot in her behaviors around money. Can you Mm -hmm. think of some parental sacrifices that she had to go through related to money?
0: Yeah, so I feel like growing up, obviously, you appreciate your mom or your parents or whatever is taking care of you, you appreciate them. But I think that appreciation grows as you grow up because you actually see the full picture of what they've had to sacrifice, right? When I was a kid, it I think I was aware of it, but it wasn't something that was top of mind for me. A lot of the times when it came to purchasing things for herself – My mom would rather purchase things for my sister and me instead of buying things for herself. My mom oftentimes would forego purchasing new clothes for herself just so she could purchase things for my sister and me, um, for school supplies, for computer things, whatever we needed to succeed in school because the thought was... Investing money into us and investing money into making sure that we had a good path towards a better future was more important to her than what she saw as materialistic things. Um, and even even with food things, my mom, because you know the way that she shows her love is is to provide us with delicious food, right? Whatever we wanted to eat, essentially within reason, of course, not not you know super expensive things, but whatever we could generally afford. If I wanted to eat something, usually it's healthy things. It's it's not like she's gonna purchase me a billion cookies kind of thing. But for the most part, anything that we wanted to eat, let's like say I wanted to eat like pho for the the like whole week or whatever, she'd happily make it. And as long as we finished the food and everything, and we didn't waste the food, she never really said no to purchasing food items to make sure that we always went to sleep with our bellies full. Which, as a kid, you're like, okay, cool. (laughs) But as an adult, you don't realize how powerful that really is. And you don't really, I think, really appreciate that until you're older and you realize just how important that is.
1: Dang, how much older. (laughs) I know. Ungrateful children. I know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I don't think I really realized until... I started working as an adult. I think even working as a child, you still have your parents provide for you, you know, food, housing, all that stuff. But when I went out into the workforce and started working my first job, I think, my I suppose my first official job was a lab job, but that job didn't pay me. That's a story for another time. But there was Starbucks after that. And then after that, I worked for a tech company. And that job was interesting. I got paid $35,000 a year to live in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is impossible. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was It's crazy, right? I had a college degree and I was working for essentially nothing. But yeah, I think when it came to that, I finally understood the sacrifices my mom made. Because I think to some extent when we were younger, that's how much, I mean, of course there's inflation and and the cost of living just increased a lot and of course I was living in San Francisco so it's very expensive but the ability for my mom to make that similar salary she I think made a little bit more when she became a lot more senior in her roles but she was able to raise two children on essentially like no more than 40 something thousand dollars a year in the San Francisco Bay Area on her ha- own yeah on her own she was able to purchase a house <laughs> it's Obviously, times are slightly different, but still, that's a lot of sacrifice to make and be able to raise two functional children. Uh, One functional child? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever me. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, we're
1: struggling now just trying to purchase one home and we might have to move out of the area.
0: Yeah, I've moved twice (laughs) at this point to try to move to a place that I can actually eventually afford a home. So it's it's crazy to think about that kind of thing. Um, I, I mean, of course, things are different, but, you know, supposedly they told us when we were younger, not just our parents, but in general, our generation, I think, was told, "If you get a college degree, you're fine. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> we were told lies. Yeah. So what about you? How did what kind of parental sacrifices did your parents make for you and your um... siblings? I feel like they, I know
1: that they live very frugal now too. And so it hasn't really changed. So I'm not sure if it was a sacrifice. It was just their lifestyle, Mm -hmm. Uh, but but, you know, like we never got nice furniture. It was usually hand-me-downs from friends or from uh, like a Goodwill or something, Salvation Army. And we didn't go on vacations what are those (laughs) (laughs) those cost money um yeah so so i didn't understand like when people say they went to theme parks in disneyland i'm like i never had that option (laughs) um but yeah like in a lot of things we did purchase that was practical and functional like kitchenware um Mm -hmm. we've kept until the end of their life cycle Mm -hmm. like we still have this greater since I was a kid and I remember it specifically because it's, it's one of those flat metal ones mm-hmm. and I used it for grating carrots when we made egg rolls and I
0: still use it to grate carrots <laughs> egg rolls <laughs> I like carrots and I still like carrots <laughs> <laughs> it's, oh my God. it's lost its
1: sheen over time it's got a nice patina but you know <laughs> yeah people pay for that shit um. yeah but I don't think that's because my mom likes rustic items it's just because it's still got life left in it you know I mean she's not a hipster (laughs) (laughs) not hipster not by choice (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I'm besides those I mean my dad always wanted a truck when we were a kid didn't make sense to have one because there's a lot of kids and you can't really transport people in trucks but when we when a bunch of us finally went off the university and have our own full-time jobs like he finally got himself a truck Mm -hmm. and i think that was probably one of the bigger you know i don't want to say selfish it's not the right word something he purchased for himself like one of the 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 first big few things he purchased for himself He finally got to treat himself. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Trivial self. (laughs) Trivial self. Um, Yeah, because it just wasn't practical. Uh, And, you know, and it's a big thing. And now that there's not, we're not all at home, that makes more sense for him to have it. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. I have a question for you. Yeah. So something I've noticed is when you grow up poor, I feel like the habits that you developed when you grew up poor. <laughs> the it's hard to let go of those habits when you grow up even even if you do make significantly more money than what your parents made before. For for myself, I I find that still to be a thing. Like I had a water kettle. <laughs> I bought maybe like 3 years ago, I think, and it definitely was on its last leg, but I <laughs> like honestly so this kettle usually you when you purchase a water kettle, an electric water kettle the point is to be able to heat water up quickly right but it got to a point where when you click the button down to heat up the water this kettle was not doing it anymore you'd have to click it sometimes like 10 times before it started working i, I don't know what the mechanism is i'm not an electrician so i have no idea but there's there's some mechanism that starts boiling the water So I didn't want to get rid of this kettle, just because, like your parents, my mom was not a big fan of getting rid of anything unless it's dead, unless it's completely not working. So I kept that habit. I was like, it's fine. If I need to click it a dozen times, it's fine. It still works. But then I found myself spending too much time waiting for this kettle to heat up. And then sometimes I'd give up and just heat up water on the stove. (laughs) Do you have a microwave? I do, but sometimes you just need a lot of boiling water, so it's oh, kind of hard to do it okay. on. on in, I mean, if it was just a mug of tea, then that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the British would not enjoy that, but, you know, the <laughs> British, so it's fine. But, yeah, I so I, I find, like, things like that. I have a toaster oven where the the markings are gone. Taryn, my boyfriend, hates it, but I still use it because it's functional. So the whole point of this <laughs> was, do, do you find, like, habits that you had, growing up as a poor part of a poor family has that translated to i suppose your your current life
1: um maybe things that people would throw away i i would think about not throwing away Sorry, same for you for like plastic bags that's obviously for recycling (laughs) but in california that's mostly been banned in a lot of places so we haven't really been getting plastic bags but we we keep our Paper bags, like Safeway bags, Trader Joe's bags for recycling now. And like I've been keeping our boba cups lately so I can reuse them to put my (laughs) plants in. And same with our yogurt tubs. Like I've been keeping the yogurt tubs and the Tupperware from takeout containers. I I keep those and reuse them as um, sometimes for storing our own food, but sometimes for, you know, plants again. Like I I try to reuse things. I feel like that might have been a habit I got from my mom. But then there's other things like trying to save and cut corners. One of the most extreme ones that Logan used to give me a hard time for, but then I had to stop because he kept giving a hard time for it. Was (laughs) (laughs) I would only charge my phone at work. (laughs) Oh my god, that is extreme. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, what? Like, you know, it's charged when I come home. It's gonna the alarm's gonna work, and when I get up you know if everything works it's it's charged enough to go to the gym and then when i finally get to work i'm not going to be using it anyways because i'm going to be working why not just charge it then (laughs) (laughs) that is very extreme um i'm trying to think of other things oh oh like squeezing all the toothpaste out of the tube you know and putting water in the the soap Mm -hmm. container and shaking diluting it and making sure every drip comes out yeah. Now I even save those containers if I can cut it off. <laughs> <up. laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just like um, things that would be considered garbage or things where that you can use to save on the bills.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know, basically, think, for, yeah, for using things. <laughs> I think the plastic bag thing is very common. I don't know if it's just Asian. I think it's just immigrant families in general, but I... I I'm pretty sure all my friends that have immigrant parents have shared that fun fact. They have a bag full of plastic bags somewhere. Yeah, it's the bag of bags. <laughs> yeah, I, I still have one. <laughs> I also like you keep Trader Joe's paper bags and stuff because I mean, I use that for recycling now instead of, you know, having yeah. a plastic bag. Of yeah, recycling. I
1: have to buy plastic bags now for my little garbage can for my bathroom because I, I said earlier it was for recycling, but I, I lied. It's because I don't use it for recycling anymore i forgot what i actually used it for i used it for both <laughs> recycling and for the small trash cans now i have to buy bags for the small trash cans come on <laughs> mm.
0: i usually just end up purchasing like the five ten cent bags or whatever from target or whatever it is to hold some items sometimes i'll forget my bag and then i'll use those for my trash cans that's actually what's my trash can bag right now and my bathroom <laughs> i have like the
1: simple human garbage
0: bag garbage Mm. cans yeah mine's just a bucket
1: (laughs) (laughs) I used to have a basically just a bucket but I had to get an actual garbage can to the lid because the dog used to go into the garbage and took out my monthly lady tubes oh no (laughs) and would chew on it and then like bring it to the living room and then I was living with my sister because it's her dog and she's like ew. (laughs) okay okay we're done (laughs) (laughs) so for our next topic we're gonna go into a little bit more about money's money part two more related to work and the types of investments that work offers you and what you can do
0: yeah, it'll be good. I feel like me's going to talk about most of it because I still don't know. I've I've done a lot of work in the past decade or so, but I still know nothing about these things. I kind of just click buttons and hope it works out.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully it'll be I don't know. I don't want to just regurgitate stuff you can find on YouTube, but more about our experiences. And you you have experiences like you said, you've worked for the last decade or so. <laughs> but yeah, don't not think that what you have experienced is important. So maybe we'll find something cool.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll
1: see. (laughs) We'll see. All right. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks, guys.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.